You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to embodied spirituality, sexuality, and stories that soothe and inspire the soul. Each episode will be interviewing and having conversations with different teachers, healers, artists, people who have really taken hold of the wounding that they've experienced in life as a human and have learned how to extract the juice of creativity and um, empowerment that is inside of it. Our wish is that you deeply receive the transmission of each episode welcoming you into a greater alignment with your own soul's purpose and passion. Enjoy the episode and let us know if you have any questions. smoothie happy full moon so we're gonna talk to this is David Harshita Wagner for those of you that don't know here he is a spiritual teacher and an author and an artist and so many great things (laughs) Um, and I wanted to just one I wanted to have a chat with David today especially because the full moon is in Aries and um, I've been exploring and thinking about how David um, David and his in esoteric astrology, his wounded healer planet, the planet Chiron, is in Aries. And so I've been kind of thinking about that and thinking about what that means. And in his upcoming um, class on the Bhagavad Gita, it just it feels really related, like related and resonant in terms of this kind of warrior energy. And I think we're all feeling like we could use a little bit of that juice. You know, we could use a little bit of that warrior energy. So we're going to talk about a couple different things. Uh, one, the Bhagavad Gita. So maybe we could start there. And, you know, anything else that that is, yeah, just really feeling like nourishing in terms of how we're, you know, being fed to kind of show up in the world right now. So will you just share a little bit? Um, I've done David's Bhagavad Gita course three times (laughs) many years ago and I did it three years in a row and it's really cool because what I experienced because it takes you through well we'll tell you what the Bhagavad Gita is also just in case you don't know Um, but what I really learned was that each time I took it I was in such a different place and I was facing different different battles in a certain way, you know? And so each time um, I really was able to move through what I was moving through with with a lot of wisdom, you know, um, inside of my experience that I was really working with uncovering in myself. And I love that, um, I mean, I love the Bhagavad Gita and I love the way that I learned it from David because in yoga trainings in schools, I, I really thought it was very dry and, boring and and like not relatable and I think in terms of us really like appreciating things that come from Indian culture one of the ways that I've really learned to do that is to be like super steeped in it as opposed to just like showing up as an outsider I was thinking of us like going to India and like not just being tourists like with our pictures and like 
dressed like, you know, tourists, you know, like, but actually being immersed inside the, inside the culture. And, um, yeah. And so I feel like the Bhagavad Gita is such a beautiful, um, traditional text and teachings, but also so relatable to where we're at right now in our, in our lives. So will you share a little bit about what the Bhagavad Gita is and also how how it applies to us and all that? Yeah. Thank you. So the Bhagavad Gita, it's, uh, it's one of the most, you could say, seminal texts of the Indian wisdom tradition. Uh, it's actually a section of a bigger text called the Mahabharata, which is one of the great epics in Sanskrit. Um, and the Gita is a section within it. Uh, Bhagavad Gita means the song of the Lord. And it's, it's one of these things, like if there was, if there was like a Bible of Indian Hindus, you would say it was the Gita. And it's something that has been uh, the guiding principle for so many leaders and poets and philosophers, not just Indian, like Emerson and Thoreau were super into the Gita. Albert Einstein uh, was in the Gita. Oh, I into the Gita. That. Yeah. He has this, um, this great quote that is, it's on my website. Let me just find it. Um, where he talks about, where he talks about the Gita, um, but anyway, the reason why I teach it, well, just like as a teacher of yoga, like traditional yoga, um, it's just something that you teach, mm-hmm. like not not necessarily nowadays in the in the yoga industry but traditionally if you are a teacher of yogic dharma um, then the gita is just something that you learn and it's something that you teach Mm -hmm. and when i realized that it was kind of time for me to start teaching the gita i realized just the same thing as you did is that you know, there weren't any great translations of it around or uh, great books on it in those days around either. And um, I learned the Gita from Baba Ramdas. I mean, mm-hmm. I first, aside from trying to read the Gita, which is very difficult if you just pick it up, um, I, in the Ramdas used to have this tape library mm-hmm. where he had all these talks on tape and he had this Bhagavad Gita series that I listened to back in the day which is those many of those talks are now turned into a book of his called oh yeah paths to god God. yeah i love that book but at the time that i was first doing the gita course and working on my gita book that wasn't around in book format yet Mm -hmm. so i wanted to make a course that was conversational that had the same kind of vibe to it that my teaching did Mm -hmm. and because you know, the students that generally gravitate towards my teaching are not the kind of people that want to get into like a big scholarly ex- explanation of things and exploration of things. I found that uh, Einstein quote. So he said, when I read the Bhagavad Gita and reflect about how God created this universe, everything else seems so superfluous. <laughs> and the, the cool thing about the Gita is that what we want, we want practical spirituality because we know what it is to be really cosmic without the practical. Mm-hmm. 
being ungrounded, being in spiritual bypass, being in like spiritual woo-woo land. Mm -hmm. But we also know what it is to be just like totally so grounded and so practical, but not having that spiritual element. And the Gita is just really good in, in combining both of those things. Yeah. And I feel like it's so there's, you can really feel yourself inside the, inside the story, you know, which I think is, yeah, is so, yeah, it's so powerful. And I think based in, um, the, and being introduced also to Yanishwar's Gita, which I feel like has also, it's, it's a particular, um, translation of the Bhagavad Gita, which I felt like had so much more poetry and kind of feeling and like, it was the first one that I was ever able to read, you know, yeah. which it, I feel like a lot of your course is really based in that type of like the energy and the transmission of that more bhakti, like relational feeling type of um, she's talking teaching. About, she's talking about Yanishwar Maharaj, uh, a great saint from Maharashtra, India. And he wrote a commentary on the Bhagavad Gita called the Yanishwari. And um, my course and my book heavily draws on on that tradition. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, we wanted to talk about leadership um, just because of this moment that we're in and this kind of like, what did you call it? Leadership. Fuckery. Fuckery. There's a lot of fuckery. But I feel like Aries energy too, it really kind of. It pulls us into, sorry, I have a bunch of smoothie in my teeth. It pulls us into. <laughs> it looks so much better on yours. Than Leadership. Mine. That's because I have a filter. filter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no filter. <laughs> if you want to see the no filter, you can go on David. Okay. Um, yeah, but just feeling into this energy where like it's clear that I think all of us are feeling how much we <laughs> want to step up into. <laughs> into our own leadership and, and how, you know, not like as a, you know, as a dictator or as anything that we've really been taught about leadership, but within our own hearts and bodies. And I love how your, how your course really focuses on the heart and focuses on like that relationship to, to yeah. a God of our understanding and surrendering well, to that. And, but here's the, here's the thing is that, yeah, we do want to step up into leadership whatever yeah on a certain level that's true but let's let's get real here most people nowadays are experiencing they're either experiencing paralysis or they're experiencing like a suction towards paralysis you know it's like a disempowerment like a like this kind of fuckedness mm-hmm. right i mean it's like it's not like people are thinking well how can i stand up and be a leader but they thought that a minute ago mm-hmm. and now they're just like oh <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like what what is the point what do I even do and see this is the thing about the Gita in terms of leadership just the what it is is it's a general called Arjuna who is basically us is about to go into this big battle and um, Krishna who is his charioteer but also his guru and also God um, is there in the chariot with him and uh, Arjuna freaks. He chokes. He goes into this thing of like, I don't want to do this. I don't know why I'm doing this. God, I don't want to. And he actually slumps in his chariot. That's yeah. how the, 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 the first verses, the mm. first scene is. Is he just like puts down his bow, slumps in his chariot and just says, oh, I can't do this. Mm. So he's in this state 
that so many of us are in in this moment. Mm -hmm. And if we're not in that state of being slumped, we want to be, mm -hmm. you know? It's like we're getting pulled to it. There's such a, a magnetic pull towards mm -hmm. inaction. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is such a powerful, that's why I'm doing it. I mean, it's not like this is what I do every year. I haven't I haven't run a Gita course in many years, mm -hmm. and I just thought, man, it's like we're going to the the end, like the end of the world <laughs> this fall. You yeah. know, between between the election that's happening mm -hmm. and just all of the the fuckery that's going on, and I just thought, if there's one thing that I can do, mm -hmm. let me do this. So I'm doing a nine week version of the course, and I'm trying not to just make this like a big pitch for the course. But I want everyone to do this course because it's like, this is a course about, if you're like a spiritual person or you're like a, a person that like spiritual, like a good person, like somebody who cares about being good mm. and putting your goodness into practice, that's being challenged to the maximum right now. And that's what is needed in mm -hmm. a maximum level right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that our, our beloved friend and astrologer, Heidi Rose Robinson wrote in her, um, for today, like for this full moon energy, one of the questions she wrote is what is my good fight, good fight to fight and how specific can I be about that? You know? And I just think that's such a good question where it's like, what is our good fight to be fighting right now? You know? And I think um, the Bhagavad Gita and especially the ways that it really relates to your actual life um, in the course that you know David's offering and that I've done it's like it really kind of gets you in there like it really gets you into the heart of like what is the good fight that you're here to fight and also like that's that spiritual warriorship you know which I think is like it, it, and part of that um, you know I love that you talked about the the, the slumping you know and I think when we have a connection to, to spirit, to a God of our understanding, and we experience that inaction, that can be this potent moment of surrender. And I think like the difference, because I, I remember reading that, and then I remember sharing it with my class, my yoga class that I was teaching. And I remember thinking about it as like this slump of surrender. And when we don't have that outer connect, like not outer, when we don't have that deep inner connection to like what what are what we're here for, or like what our relationship to to God as we understand it is, you know, that can it can fall into so many different things, right? And and, and as opposed to being kind of this moment of like, oh, wait a second, you know, like I can surrender, you know. And I think this 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 heightened moment, and especially with this moon, it's like we have all these desires and we have all these wants and we're kind of creating our lives in a certain way, but also how can we surrender to the, to the will of the divine, you know, and that's so much of what the Bhagavad Gita is to me. Yeah. And, and this idea of Dharma, that's what I've been you know writing about on my feed today. Um, I'm getting trolled at that. I know. We are. <laughs> Someone just said your knowledge is not fine. <laughs> He's probably, I mean, anyway. That's my <laughs> Thank you. Thank Rekha. you. Um, Thank so, you. <laughs> so there's this, um, I get so excited because I hear about people getting trolled, but I don't get trolled that much. I do. Um, you can come on my page. I get trolled all the time. So um, what was I saying? Oh, about Dharma. And Dharma and Swadharma. Uh, 
Swad, so Dharma is this idea that like everything is um, part of a whole and everything fits together in this divinely ordered sort of universe. Um, I mean, Dharma is a huge word. I mean, it can mean so many different things, but this is for the sake of what we're saying. And Swadharma is the idea that each of us has a specific place in that greater Dharma. Mm. You know, like an animal in the ecosystem or a plant. Mm. Well, we have that, but like in this deeper karmic way, in this deeper incarnational way. And um, that when we talk about the divine will, quote unquote, you know, it's it's not so much like, oh, this is my mission from God. It's like that divine will is expressed through our swadharma. It's it's mm. expressed through what I say is our place in the world and our purpose in the world. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't know what that is just off the bat. Most of us have to have that excavated. Because if you think about it, now we're getting back around to leadership and fuckery, is that, like, if we don't know what our purpose is, mm -hmm. there are plenty of people that are ready to, to use us, to be consumers, to be voters, to be, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. If we don't know what is driving us, there are plenty of forces that are ready to drive us, religious, mm -hmm. political, consumer and um, yeah, anyway, so the, the Gita and the work in this course is so much about finding what is our Dharma, what is our Swadharma, what is our place and our purpose and how to express that mm -hmm. in the world. And, and you know, Adriana was saying like, what is the good fight? And it's not necessarily about like, well, let's get in there and fight Trump or let's get in there and fight, you know, this, situation or that situation the fight is in here the fight is like how do i fight off the inner enemies and heal the things that are keeping me from expressing that gift and that dharma in the world yeah because i feel like that's like one of the i mean it's one of the most empowering and also effective ways that i've found to like work with all of the injustice and all the things that really like break our heart, you know, all the time. And I think when each of us follows that thread, you know, in, in whatever unique way we're really, you know, being asked to, it has so much more potency and power because otherwise everything feels so overwhelming. You know, it doesn't feel like, you know, and, and it's okay to feel like that too sometimes because it is, you know, there is so much and it can feel like really sad, you know, and really hard. And I think the the kind of the the remedy for that and and how to work with all of that I think is to you know what you're what you're naming is is to really kind of come into contact with the ways that we're really here to serve definitely definitely yeah so what about the fuckery <laughs> the leadership fuckery <laughs> what was that like I for think you? that's what, what we was that talking. like for you folks mm -hmm. to like you know what is it like for you to be in this moment you know, without getting into the whole politics of it, but just if we look at it from the spiritual point of view and the point of view of like archetypes mm -hmm. and, you know, to have the archetype of the king being expressed by this troll king, mm. 
you know, and by this bully king mm-hmm. right now. And what does that bring up? You know, like how does that trigger our our father wounds? How does that trigger mm-hmm. our, you know, all of that stuff? Yeah. I'm so interested to hear from people um, about that, about what questions you have, what comments you have mm. uh, about... Um, about any of this and you know we were making a joke before about um rakesh trolling us and i don't know if he was trolling us or or just trying to get a point across or something but um please like let's let's hear from you Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like um in the bhagavad-gita and in you know doing that course and kind of going through it in this inner way like continuing to like read these teachings and you know if i would love if you wanted to share i pulled up a couple that i um but if you wanted to share any of the teachings from it but you know going through it in this inner way right and like taking the information and like really like making like do what what do we do with the pain that we feel you know or what do we do with what what do we do with our pain, you know, and how can that help, help us create, um, something new than what we've experienced before, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so much of the, at least for me, what I've gotten out of a lot of, a lot of the teachings is like when we're faced with like what feels like the impossible or when we're faced with what we can't make sense of, right? Death and so many things that it's just, you can't, rationalize your way out of heartbreak you know it just doesn't work and it just digs you deeper and deeper into the holes of suffering and so that's part of why i love this course because it has that potency to really like draw out and then excavate which is the word that you use like what is the purpose in our pain and how are we going to use that yeah you know because the pain is part of it um there's a couple of uh, quotes here or a couple of comments so uh, this person said, I realized I did myself a great self-love service by refusing to watch even a second of the debate. I already know who's a troll, didn't need to trigger myself into a re-trauma by watching him. Yeah, that's not My mom not said the same idea. thing. Yeah. My mom also was not, she was not. For me, I just, I just feel like the, the play of it and like the historical significance of it, you know, like I, I'm, I'm actually choosing to be as informed as I can be and and watch that's part the of your Gemini and, genius though I feel yeah. like you have I, this yeah. strong ability to like be in really intense duality and like yeah. really extract the that's the true. truth and the juice and then kind of sometimes then are able to offer it I know for a long time and I could I am much more in that realm, realm now but for a long time I also felt like that and I feel like people yeah. like you would be able to kind of filter through I'm also a you know, how to relate to it. I'm also a gawker. If there's an accident, if there's a whatever, I'll, I'll always, you know, want, want to see it. Um, so this person, Steph, Steph says, What's the best way to continue informing my friends? I know you could still never wake someone up, but could you still send information? I would say no. Inform them about what? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, not sure I'm immediately like, no, just focus on the, um, staying So let's mind. let's hear from Steph about inform them. Yeah, about inform what, them about what. But like, and then um, the bully king. Ionis, or Ilana, Ilana says the bully king archetype. Archetype has been triggering my feeling of sovereignty as a woman. I can also witness that's where his archetype is here what yeah and it's like good to not directly go to that witnessing necessarily but to be able to hold both so you can really feel like 
what is what's being triggered, you know, and, and, and what that is for you is something that needs some love and needs some care and needs some TLC because it's obviously probably a, a younger part of yourself that's 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 coming up, you know, because we could see it's like, well, I you see it as a teaching and ultimately yeah. sure, but we have to walk through the shit yeah. to be able to kind of get into yeah. that that place. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's really vulnerable. Totally. Do you have anything to say about the bully king? And yeah, I was. Well, just, you're not a woman, but still. I was just gonna say, like, well, just about sovereignty in general. Yeah. You know, most of us are coming from this point of view where um, we've been in this outer freedom, relative outer freedom, to such a huge extent that um, we've never had before in human history. Mm. So Bhagavad Gita is at least 5,000 years old, I think. And if you, you know, think back over 5,000 years of human history, mm. there have been, I mean, talking about personal sovereignty, um, you know, these teachings are practiced in times where people were living under really, like, mm. actual kings and tyrants, and, mm -hmm. you know, where there was no personal freedom or personal ability to choose what you do for a living, and mm. all these kinds of things. Spiritual awakening and spiritual principles are independent of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the 5,000 years have seen worse than Trump, mm. way worse than Trump. And he will come and go just like all of these other tyrants have over the centuries. And um, our sovereignty, whether it's our sovereignty as women or sovereignty as like kind of people or our, our sovereignty, if we fall into any of the other groups that are like hated and, and, and kind of wounded by that energy, um, you know, there have been times where, you know, people just had to live in, in hiding. Mm. Um, let me see. So Steph gave a little bit. Uh, she said, so friends are starting, uh, are starting to embark on their spiritual journey and want to understand why and how the system is. Um, the way that it is. The way that it is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only so much, I think, that you can, that you can, like inform people you could just yourself be awake mm -hmm. and and you know for all of us try to keep um keep tabs on your own self-righteousness yeah you know because yeah. like self-righteousness will definitely cause suffering you know to whatever extent we feel like we're right i want to see what this person said um christina Kristen, says I'm not American, but it feels very painful. I feel helpless as a neighbor un and unable to vote. Being unable to vote yeah. is hard. It feels like I can yeah. only watch and not be a part of it. Yeah, yeah that makes sure. sense. It's so tough because I'm like, that's a rabbit hole. They didn't have to be willing to go down. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. and I think like, you know, I think waking up spiritually, um, it, doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean the war, it helps make the world make more sense it, it helps you feel the pain of it more yeah. and hopefully then feeling the pain of it more then propels you to take more action that is in alignment with what is just and and you know what is um what is loving and and what is like actually doing something you yeah. know as opposed to just being debilitated by our unconsciousness you know but i don't i mean in my experience it doesn't make you 
feel like everything makes sense then all of a sudden. At least that's not my experience. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it just allows you to like have more spaciousness to hold all of that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like, you know, Chris, Chris is saying like hard to reconcile the hate and intolerance, especially for those claiming to be Christians. Yeah. yeah you can just like let go of that because yeah. those people are Christ not Christians. <laughs> those people are just white people. You know, they're just like white people throughout the history of America um, have used this mm -hmm. Christian thing to justify all of their fuckery. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just almost like you just have to not even pay attention to that static. Because in terms of like following the teachings of Christ or whatever, mm. um, and also you do not want to tangle with those people about that because that is like, it's like a thing made of tar that if you go and mess with it, you're going to get stuck in it no matter how skillfully you mess with it. I mean, you could, I think, say and speak up about things that are inappropriate, but for sure not getting tangled and yeah. trying to change the whole world of, you know, people yeah. that are proclaimed Christians that are, you know, anti-gay and, and, you know, and, and racist and, and all of that is like, you know, so not in alignment with yeah. anything that I, I've experienced or learned from the Bible or from Jesus teachings or from yeah. Christ consciousness. You know, it's very, um, it's very, it's the opposite, you yeah. know, and so it's, it's not just tribalism, you know, it's just, here, here's a compassion piece for all of y'all. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready for this? You ready for mm -hmm. this? So, everyone is in pain. All of these, all of these people doing the fuckery, you know? It's like hurt people hurt people. You've heard that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just it. It's like, you know how you are. If you're in pain, you've got a toothache, you've got a headache, you're whatever you're fit. They say that pain lowers IQ. Like they've actually done studies on this. Like when you're in physical pain, it actually lowers your intelligence. Well, as a society, we're in pain and all these people are in pain. And, and so it's like, you just imagine a moment when you're like just in physical pain and then you've just got all of these things coming at you. And at a certain point, you just get really, really grouchy. Mm. You just get really, and you say things that you don't mean. And, and you're, you're, you start to like make your life simpler by excluding all of these other realities mm. when you're in pain. This is what you do. I don't want to, I don't want to fucking deal with this. No, the answer is no. Like we'll say that to our kids. No. No, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> negotiate anymore. No, 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 the answer is no. That's the shortest thing. Like, get out of my face, just shut up. We try not to say that to our kids, but. I was gonna say, you don't ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point being is that, you know, so many of the cruel people, because that's the thing, it's like Trump whatever, whatever he's a monster he, he's a he's a buffoon the thing that troubles me about trump is the like 40 percent of americans that really support him yeah you know and and people that are just willing to just jump on that hateful bandwagon mm -hmm. so quickly mm -hmm. but i just have to like remember those people are in pain those people are afraid those people are afraid 
and you know, like coming back to the Gita in, in warrior consciousness, it's like warrior consciousness isn't about like even getting ready to fight so much as it is like being ready to not be guided by fear. Mm. Yeah. Because when we're guided by fear, we contract. Mm -hmm. When we're guided by fear, we, we, um, we, make, we, we don't make good decisions. And that's where we're at as a society. And, and why so many people are so hateful and so mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're inflamed. Everyone is in inflammation. Mm. And it's not that they're bad people. It's not that the Trump supporters are bad people. They're good, they're, they're good people, just like you. They're children of God. They're beautiful deep down inside. You know, the way that the Gita talks about it, and this is so intense, but there's the 16th chapter. 16th chapter sometimes the title of it is translated as the yoga of the differentiation between the divine and the demoniacal that's what it's called and what it says is that you know our basic our basic human qualities are good our basic our soul is good there's all these divine qualities and we mm. just have to excavate them we just have to like in in invest in them mm. but we tend to get conditioned we tend to like fall into the societal rut where we become demoniacal it's a, such a strong word now demon like and that's where all these qualities come from where we become intolerant and self-righteous and cruel mm. and and non-generous mm -hmm. and all of those qualities yeah and the thing is it's like this is this spectrum is available for everyone mm -hmm. it's not like well i'm a i'm on the right side i'm a democrat or like i'm on the non-trump side mm -hmm. so i'm okay yeah i'm divine and they're demoniacal it's not yeah. like that it's like every single person has a spectrum this is when adriana was talking about like the fight, like getting ready for the, that's the fight. Yeah. The fight is against our own inner enemies. Because mm -hmm. every one of us, the kindest Greta Thunberg, whatever her name is, person, can also just be a selfish, self-absorbed, toxic asshole. You know, whoever we think is like the epitome of like total righteousness has those demonical qualities that they can call upon. Yeah. Just like somebody who you think of as like a total embodiment of, of demoniacal qualities, they have those divine qualities that they could call into if they had to. If they would be blessed to. I think that it's not necessarily just like a choice thing. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a whole grace component to it too, but that's yeah. a whole other, whole other issue. That's, that's like one level, that's like a little further, further out. But yeah, I mean, I think... And I, and I know, you know, for me, and especially, you know, when I had done this course years ago, I was thinking, you know, it was like, I, I really related to myself as bad. Like, like the way that I related, like I was like, I, I didn't have a sense of my own goodness. Like, I just didn't. Like I, I, I didn't wasn't like, so in raised the, around in the sense it. Of like self hatred. Yeah, in the yeah. sense of like self hatred, in a sense of like I could make a difference, in the sense of like who I am matters, in the sense of like so many things. In terms of actually 
being of service. You know, it's like it was it was very much under those layers. Ten years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget how. Yeah. Probably like 10 years ago. And, you know, and, and this process of like what you're talking about, David, and what the opportunity is in the course of like really going into your own heart, you know, and getting like right with what's in there. And even now, you know, these kind of things that come in, because I also believe it's in the collective like that, 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 what did you call it? King? Like the, the that, troll king, the troll king, you know, it's like that is in the collective, you know? And so what that triggers in us or what that brings out or brings forth in us is like, and sometimes we could take those things on, you know, and we, and we can really forget. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it can really consume, you know, what, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, you know, and to be reminded and have the experience of that innate, um, love, you know, that is the truth of our being, I think is, is such a profound movement in itself that then can propel us to take action even when we're afraid, you know, then we're not waiting to not feel fear to actually be of service because we know that that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> and that if you're human, you're going to feel fear. And if you're human, you're going to get angry. And if you're human, you're going to experience all the human things, but you're going to be more and more willing to step into the experience of being alive and being of service. So there's this, I love that. There's this great verse, if I can share it with you, um, from the third chapter. It's uh, verse three. It's uh, chapter three, verse 38. And it says, um, just as a fire is covered by smoke, mm. a mirror is masked by dust, and an embryo is concealed by the womb. Similarly, one's self-knowledge, like the knowledge of their soul, is shrouded by desire. Mm. It's so, this is like an example of like why the Gita is so badass. Mm. Because if you look at the, the Sanskrit in this, and they use this image of um, the the garba the 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 womb um, the 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 embryo. It's like they're talking about something that is gestating. You know, it's not like the it's not like the embryo is is really being hidden in the womb. That's where it needs to be at the moment. Mm. It's going to come out just like our self-knowledge is going to come out and it's going to come out on the other side of desire. And they're not just talking about like, don't have desires. You know what I mean? It's not like desire is bad. It's not a, it's not a moralistic thing at all. What it is, is it's, um, they're saying it comes to a point where our self-knowledge, it's just time for it to come. Mm. And w when it talks about it being shrouded by desire, um, it, it's, it's like the, uh, it's like our, our desire comes in yoga, it comes from our forgetfulness of what we really are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if we're going around and we have no idea that we're a child of God, we have no idea that we are the great soul, we have no idea of any of this stuff, then we're just a consumer. Get out of my way. I got to buy those <laughs> hot pockets like oh, toilet paper. Blah. Like, you know, you know, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. This, you know, like 
whatever. We're, we're just like in this reactive uh, kind of stimulus response, animalistic kind of a thing, but not in, a, not in the sense of like a, a beautiful animal, not in the sense of like a, na a natural, natural thing. Yeah, and I think that then those actions on the outside, if that is what is calling to you and what's in alignment with you, it's more rooted in something that's sustainable, where then it's like when you are fighting for justice or you are out there protesting or you are doing this and you are doing that, it gives you the opportunity to actually like hold a different space and level of power because there's like a there's a there's a rooted a grounded a groundedness in in love and in truth within yourself as opposed to just like following the herd you know what i mean because that isn't really where our power lies which is i think what we've really come to understand by now or hopefully are coming to understand you know on some level um wrap up. yeah and so and i think you know what i hear in that teaching too is just you know that we have both this ability as humans to kind of create and to feel what our heart's desires are and to, to kind of come into that experience. But I think when, when it's not like when we're not almost like spirit checking it or like putting it in the hands of something that's, that's greater, it just, it, it like I said, it, it doesn't have as much like potency because there's like a, there's an alignment that happens when we also like, we, we honor our own experience, but we also are like surrendering it to something that isn't, that's beyond what we could imagine. And, the, and there's a, important in terms of. Definitely. Yeah. And, and coming, teaching. coming back to the Swadharma idea, the desires that arise in us from our Swadharma are really different than the desires that arise in us from our disconnection to God, you know? It's like those mm -hmm. desires, the, the raga, raga, like as in raga and dvesha, those kind of desires kind of take us into contraction, whereas our swadharma will express itself through desires. Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to, I really want to create this community. I really want to, you yeah. know, write this book. I really want to like, you know, reach out to this person mm -hmm. and, and bless them and uplift them. And it's like, that's a desire too. Yeah. That's not the desire that the Gita is talking about that clouds the knowledge of the self like dust clouds a mirror. Yeah. That's yeah. a different thing. That that kind of, that sort of like absurgence mm -hmm. of desire yeah. is, is like what they talk about in the Shiva Sutra where they say, Udyamo Bhairava, which is like, that Bhairava, that divine energy, manifests mm. as this like absurgence mm. of you know creative will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that the, our ability to trust ourselves and trust that impulse—it's like there's a there's a there's kind of like a dismantling and a rewiring that happens because we can't we come into a lot of this with the feeling like we can't trust our impulses because many of us have had impulses that have gotten us into a lot of trouble into a lot of pain into a lot of suffering and so understanding what those impulses are and I know for me you know really learning to then be able to trust and and not just like and, and know the difference, right? Even to this day, when I have a reaction, my initial reaction is almost always rooted in that layer of unconscious human desire. It's like I can't trust my body's initial reaction, like in this phase of my sadhana, in this phase of my life. I have to give it a second, at least, 
usually like a day <laughs> to really feel into like, wait, what's underneath this, you know, like impulse and underneath it, of course, is going to, and it, giving it a second is going to give me the power to respond then from a place of, of so much more um, sovereignty and also like spirit driven um, service, I think, yeah. you know, as opposed to just like feeling, feeling this, 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 and following those designs. It's like learning. I love that kind of making that distinction, right. Um, of, of the difference of the different desires that, that we carry the soul desire, the human sure. desires and, and all that. So check out David's course. It's happening. Um, the middle of October, right? October. The, it's from the middle of and, October oh. to the middle of December. Yeah. So, so it goes right through this gnarly time intentionally. And yeah. it's going to be, you know, the Gita course. Everyone gets a, a mm. digital copy of my book um, on the field of Dharma. It's a book that's based on the Bhagavad Gita. I've been mm. working on it for 10 years. It's a very cool book. Um, you get these weekly lessons every week um, mm. in, in live stream sessions every week. Yeah. And, you know, to just really give everyone the support that they need. Uh, you know, during this time. So the, let's go through this together and let's go through this like rooted in, in wisdom and love, sliding scale tuition. Um, you can see it on my social media, um, David H. Wagner, for those of you who are doing it on here and on my link tree, for those of you who are doing it on here. Yes, and blessings for your full moon. Hey, thank you so much, friends, for joining us on this episode of Soul Crush. You can find us on Instagram at Art of Loving. Please send us any questions, insights. You may have inspirations for guests. And feel free to share this podcast with any of your friends and loved ones. We're sending you so much love, respect, and healing energy to your journey and to all that you are becoming.